right, so this is our medical minute uh, today on hives. So um, other name for hives is urticaria. Of course, you all remember your Latin from uh, the Latin urtica, which means nettle, and urere, which is to burn. Anybody, anybody know what stinging nettles are? Yeah. So we don't really have them in Colorado, but it's a plant, and if you brush by it, uh, it gives you this horrible kind of stinging feeling on your skin, usually in the mountains. So if you can think of that, that's what some of our patients with urticaria experience. And urticaria, usually when I see someone in the ED, it's an acute event, you know, we reassure them, of course, you'll take these meds that we give you tonight, you'll be all better when you wake up in the morning. And I feel really bad when we see patients that bounce back and they've had it going on for three or four days. But it's actually divided into chronic urticaria, which is defined as greater than six weeks, and acute urticaria. Uh, I don't know that I've seen a lot of patients with chronic urticaria, but it sounds like a really miserable condition. So this is a super messy diagram, but um, it's kind of a review of the pathophysiology. I'm, don't worry. I'm sure we're recording in high fidelity. Uh, all right, so everyone recognized that we've got a hair here, so we talk, we're talking about the epidermis and the dermis. What happens when you're exposed to some sort of antigen that you're going to have an allergic reaction to is generally that's recognized by the immune system. And we know you've got lymph tissue all over your body. You've got the lymph nodes, you've got a bunch in the gut, you've got a bunch in your spleen. Some of those have memory cells and, and your body's immune system says, hey, that was a peanut. We just had a peanut. Time to go into overdrive. So what happens is the lymph nodes uh, release uh, among other things, uh, immunoglobulins, uh, including IgE and IgG, those go into, the, go into the bloodstream and circulate, and you've got these things called mast cells that are just under the skin. Everybody's got them. They're pre-positioned. They're all over your whole body, and they're just kind of sitting there waiting for something to happen. As soon as those antibodies hit the receptors on the surface of the mast cell, the mast cell dumps a ton of histamine. And again, this can be a pretty immediate reaction because those mast cells are already there and they're loaded with histamine. So in that subcutaneous tissue, you've got a ton of histamine. Uh, among other things, it affects all the capillaries, causing them to leak fluid into the interstitial space, and then you get a big hive or a welt. So that's kind of the pathophysiology behind what happens, and that's why we treat with antihistamine medications. Um, but I just wanted to review some of the more exotic types of urticaria um, that you can experience, and uh, there are a lot of these that I've never seen uh, in the emergency department. So of course we know they're kind of drug-induced hives or urticaria. There's food-induced um, urticaria. Does anyone know what dermatographic urticaria is? Yeah, so essentially you can draw, you can draw on the skin you can scrape with a stick or with your finger, and in the pattern that you've drawn, within a few minutes, that patient will develop hives or urticaria uh, on the skin. And that sounds really rare, but it's actually found in 4 to 5% of the population. The thing that's different about those hives is that they usually disappear on their own within 30 minutes, and they don't need any kind of treatment. Um, there's something called delayed pressure urticaria that's a little bit different. If you lean against something or if you have on a tight belt or whatever, about six hours later, you'll actually get hives uh, in the pattern of whatever you've been leaning on. There's what's called cholinergic or stress-induced urticaria, um, and that's brought on by sweating events. So exercise, emotional stress, bathing um, can all bring on those types of hives. 
There is um, solar urticaria. So when your patients tell you they're allergic to the sun, it can actually happen. So it develops rapidly after exposure to the sun. The interesting thing about this one is um, people are divided into categories um, depending on the wavelength of light. So there are some people that will only get hives when they go out into the full sun, and they won't when they're behind a glass, like if they have full sun shining through the glass because the wavelength is blocked that would normally give them hives. Um, there is cold-induced urticaria, and uh, those people, normally it's just the exposed parts of the skin that are in the cold that develop the hives, but uh, they can have very dangerous conditions. For instance, if they were to jump into a pool, they can, a cold pool, they can dump enough histamine that they'll actually become hypotensive and, and die from their cold-induced urticaria. And then my favorite one, because truly any patient who has ever told me they're allergic to water, I've you know, thought, psych consult right away, they're super crazy. But there are what they call water-induced urticaria, and people will shower and they break out in hives right away. Um, it's actually felt to be something in the water itself, so probably chlorine rather than the H2O molecule. Um, and that one, interestingly, is not histamine-related, so you can't treat with antihistamines. I guess you probably have to get a special water filter or you know, bathe only in alpine lakes or something like that. So uh, just a quick review of urticaria. That's it. Thanks. Thanks, Kelly. It's not expired, I promise.